Hey guys, it's Peter. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you are all having a great December. Um, I'm going to dive into this one because this one is interesting. And what I like about this particular episode is that this episode has sparked me to think about a lot of important things because I wanted to do something where we talk about our goals and our visions for the new year. And in doing so, it actually forced me to sit down for a while and really think about what we are trying to accomplish and what these goals are looking like. So um, this podcast is going to be unique in the sense where we're going to be sharing specific goals of our company. But the reason I'm doing it publicly is because I think that in us sharing our goals, it can give you a better impression of how to build let's say your own business or how to just do something better, you know, whatever your circumstance is, because people listen to this podcast of all types of, you know, makes and models in a sense. There's people that are listening that are employees, business owners, entrepreneurs, investors, um, even people outside of our industry that are getting a lot of information from the specific personal development and mindset. But this episode is going to be pretty detailed towards our industry. And when I say our industry, I'm talking about the internet marketing, advertising um, industry. So let's dive into it. I'm going to talk about, about, it's going to be maybe nine or 10 main goals for my company for 2024. And the first goal is to find more big verticals. Okay. I don't know if you remember about five years ago, right before the pandemic, one of the biggest verticals was auto insurance. Everyone was doing auto, you know? And then about five years before that, it was like everyone was doing Nutra. There was a huge wave of affiliate marketers promoting different Nutra stuff, skin, diet, weight loss. Lately, there's been a huge craze for kind of health insurance type of products as I'm sure a lot of you are aware. And there seems to always been big waves of things, you know? And what I've noticed is that a lot of people have made a lot of money being early on on these types of waves in the industry, right? Like if, for example, let's say Nutra was just starting to get big, 10 years ago, and you were one of the first ones to get into that Nutra, chances are you were an early mover, and you were able to ride that pretty heavily for that time. Now, it's not like the Nutra is dead today, and the auto isn't dead today, but but things have changed, and sometimes these different verticals have come in waves. For example, I know a company that did $700 million of yearly revenue, most of it being propped up by the auto insurance industry. And then the auto insurance industry had some setbacks with the pandemic. It somehow lost them a lot of money, surprisingly, even years after the pandemic. Like, even though things recovered, it hasn't been the same for auto and supposedly is making a comeback. But there's always been these waves and these different shifts and different focuses in the industry. So one of our goals for 2024 and beyond is to try to identify what these next moves could be in the industry and try to be early on these moves, whether it's a new vertical, a new technology, a new traffic source, a new platform, a new way of doing ads. Maybe it's AI, maybe it's chatbots, maybe it's, you know, something different or something new. Um, so 
just an overarching goal is to be able to identify what the next big things are going to be. Again, it could be a vertical. It could be a way of marketing. It could be an entirely new traffic platform. It could be, you know, just some kind of opportunity within the vertical. Whatever it is, we want to be keeping our eye out. And again, we want to be early. We don't really want to be the people late to the game. We want to be the people that can identify it and be early to the game. Um, so how are we going to accomplish that? Well, first of all, we have to get around the, the industry a lot, okay? You can't really just be working from home and working out of your office all year and then expect to somehow have revolutionary insight into um, these different different things, you know? It's like if you're if you're just by yourself and you 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 got to get surrounded essentially by the industry so what we're probably going to do in 2024 like we did last year is probably go to a lot of trade shows the trade shows are great for just getting insight into things um in january uh, myself and a handful of my team is going to be attending this lead gen world conference in uh florida I think we might be opting out of Affiliate Summit this year because, um, I don't know, for some reason Affiliate Summit has been interesting, but it hasn't been as high level as I've always wanted it to be. Like, it's just, I've been a little frustrated with the Affiliate Summit. seems like for some, there's some really good players that go there, but for some reason there's been a lot of newbies um, going to the Affiliate Summit, which has been just a little bit frustrating, kind of weeding through that um, has been a little time consuming and hasn't been the most productive. So, And then we're going to some conferences in the first quarter that are on the books, um, but for the most part, we don't really have our conference schedule lined up for 2024 yet. We are going to get that lined up, but that's going to be um, potentially a big source of getting information. It's just getting around the industry, whether that's at networking events or after parties or going to dinner with someone. If you're going to catch the next best thing or these new waves, or whatever's hot in the industry, you obviously have to get that insight somewhere and it's most likely not going to happen just sitting on your couch or sitting at your desk not talking to anyone. You got to get surrounded. So another goal is on our team, I want to get... I want to actually stop getting team members, if possible, in 2024 for client success. So something we had to build out a lot um, last year was we, we got so many clients that we needed to build essentially a client success team. So we literally have someone who's the head of the cl client success team, and then we have someone who is under them, and then someone who is under them, and we're actually bringing on an additional person in January, who's going to be overseeing operations that I'm sure is going to have input and, you know, their hands on the customer side of things as well. The reason we did this is because we felt like we had to. We just had so many um, clients that it was just impossible for me and my brother and just a few people to actually handle uh, the clients. I mean, we we're just dropping the ball because sometimes you know, let's just say you're working with 60 clients at the same time, or 80, whatever the number is, um, and I'm probably even being conservative for our business. I mean, 
we've probably been working with over like 120 clients simultaneously. So if that's the case, what's going to happen is it's really difficult to work with a client without the client needing something or without communication. So let's say you have 100 clients, they're all going to be needing something at a certain point in time. They're going to be needing more leads, less leads. They're going to be needing to maybe stop or pause or adjust or, you know, turn off today and back tomorrow. So what we needed to, to do in our business is we needed to build out this entire client success team that's focused just on making sure that the clients are getting served and handled the best of the ability. We felt like we just had to because if we didn't, we would just be dropping the ball. Now, the only thing that I'm not that thrilled about with the client success team just in general, not really with, again, it's not like I'm disappointed with my team, but what, what I'm not that excited about is that the client success team does not really, it's not really much of a growth opportunity. It's more of just a something that needs to be there type of thing. Um, so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be trying to turn it into more of a growth opportunity. I'm going to be talking to different people on the client team and be like, listen, this shouldn't just be a reactionary job. It shouldn't just be about, you know, okay, yes, lower cap, raise cap, you know, hourly cap, this, that. Like, it shouldn't just be about that. We should be trying to always be thinking, what are some additional opportunities we can get from um, our clients, right? We should turn essentially customer um, support or customer service into a growth opportunity. Let's say you're talking to a client and they want you, they, they just tell you that they're happy with the leads. What should always be running through your mind is if they're happy with the leads, well, how can we get more leads? Like, let's say you have a cap of 100 leads a day. You should be trying to always make the most out of all the opportunities because it all adds up. Let's say, let's say you have a hundred clients, and let's just use a really small number. Let's just say that every single client is doing 100 leads a day. If you're able to go to all 100 clients and you're able to get them all to increase to like 150 leads a day instead of 100. That is a 50% increase in leads. Now, it might sound small going from 100 leads to 150 leads. But then if you do that in this example across hundreds and hundreds of clients, next thing you know, you just got like a 50% increase in essentially like your entire business. And that could be very, very meaningful. That could be a $75 million year instead of a $50 million year, like getting a 50% increase in cap from all your clients. So that's going to be something that we're going to be focusing a lot on in the new year is making sure that people that are in a client success role or a client customer service support role, it's not just robotic. It's not just, okay, yes, we will lower. Yes, we will raise. Yes, we'll do that. It should be always thinking about strategy and it should always be thinking about um, growth. We should be just constantly trying to, you know, look for that next opportunity. So um, another thing that we're going to focus on as well is I am going to focus on getting the operational things hands-free. So I've had an issue 
for many, many years where it's been very difficult for myself to get out of an operational role. It's like no matter how many teammates I've hired or how big we've grown, it's only grown more and it's only grown bigger. I remember about two years ago, we hired my mom, Courtney Day, to join us as chief operating officer and we thought it was going to solve everything you know she's going to you know take the busy work off of our plate and this and that and what happened was it was a good thing but she ended up being so productive and essentially helped the business produce so much that it just made the business even bigger and even busier so then we needed to hire two people under her we needed to hire you know, an accounting team of like three people instead of one. And then it actually ended up causing me personally to have even more operational work because instead of, you know, 10 people reporting to me, now I have 25 people reporting to me. And very likely, it would only grow from there. So what I'm going to be focusing on in the new years, I'm going to be focusing on, well, how can I make this operational thing hands-free? I shouldn't have to be the one fielding everything. And what we're going to be setting up is we're going to be setting up at least one person, maybe even more, as an intermediary between me and other people. I think what's made my day super busy sometimes is again instead of five or ten people reporting to me I've got like the whole company reporting to me and there's 25 people in the company so let's say someone has a question well that's fine but if 25 people have a question that could be my whole morning so we're actually bringing on someone who we will announce in January who we're very excited about who's going to become our new chief operating officer my mom is actually shifting over to chief marketing officer which I think will be very beneficial and I think this will be a very good thing because what it's going to do is it's going to add another core player um, to the company so a goal of getting operations hands-free now I have to be transparent it's taken a long time to get to this point because in order to do this you need like a lot of money like 25 employees costs a lot of money it, it costs like hundreds of thousands of dollars a month of just pure expense like you you basically have to have a business that is so big that earns so many um, millions that you won't be or you won't be able to support it right so sometimes it's in this industry it could be kind of a chicken before the egg thing it's like Everyone has that dream of kind of, you know, running a company, making it more hands-free, and that's all, you know, jolly, but what you need to realize is if you're actually going to go out and build a company of like 20 employees or 15 employees or even 12 or 30, it costs a lot of money. I mean, I remember when we had 12 employees... 12 employees cost like $100,000 a month. 
And now that we have 20 plus employees, it's like a $200,000 a month overhead. And if you're not growing fast enough and if you're not innovating fast enough and if you're not producing enough, that's something that could be very stressful to yourself or a business is having that much overhead with the inability to pay for it. So it's very important that you make calculated decisions. In our business, we've always taken this philosophy of hiring one person at uh, a time. We've never gone out and gone crazy. Like some companies have done this thing where they've just been like a startup and they've gone and hired like 35 people off the bat and stuff. And I get it. I mean, look, if it wasn't, if we were just working with like someone else's money or we just like went public on the stock market and just had like billions of dollars to play with and it didn't really matter, um, maybe we would also be tempted to just go out and hire like 200 people without really thinking about the cost. And right. But the reality is in our industry, a lot of businesses are built from the ground up with, you know, self-funded and everything. So you want to be responsible and a lot of the times businesses in our industry are funded by the company themselves. It's it's kind of rare in our industry that there's kind of private equity or venture capitalists. I mean, it exists, but at the same time, do you even want that kind of thing? I mean, do you want to have a business where you work so hard at it, but then someone else just owns like 60% or 80% of it or something? And it doesn't seem to make sense. So um, going on to this next goal. So Another goal is what we want to do is we want to get more clients in the verticals that we're largest in. I mean, this is going to be a key goal for 2024 is this is probably one of the lowest hanging fruits is just get more clients in the verticals that we're doing the best in. I mean, if we if if the only thing we actually did in 2024 is this, this would produce a huge amount of money. So that's a very, very key focus. Um, here's another thing that we're going to focus on. So we're going to study what other companies are doing to generate revenue. And we're going to see if we can reverse engineer it, do something similar. One of the best ways to learn is by observation and not necessarily copying, but you know, using it as an example. I mean, let's be completely honest. In our industry, has anyone reinvented the wheel with a lead generation or a paper call or an advertorial or running ads on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or Google, right? Is No one is doing really anything new here. Everyone has kind of just been observing what people are doing, what each other are doing. But something that we've been pretty good at is we've been observing what others have been doing. And then what we've been doing is we've been improving upon it, making it better, and then doing it bigger. I mean, one of our first successes in the industry was when someone taught us how to run ads for uh, real estate on Facebook the person was earning like 500 bucks a day and my brother was like huh like what's holding back this person from earning like 5000 bucks a day i mean if it's working at 500 bucks a day i mean there's like there's no reason why this thing can't scale so what we did was we learned what they were doing we reverse engineered we improved upon it we made a better funnel better back end better offers better system 
And then what we did was we were actually able to scale it to like $16,000 a day instead of the 500 bucks a day, just literally taking what someone else was doing and just making it better. So that's going to be a really, really key focus for us in 2024 is keeping our, our eye outs. And I encourage our team to be doing this. Keep your eye out, see what other people are doing, learn what's working, and let's see if we can do it better and in an improved way. It's kind of like, you know, it's it's learning. It's kind of like, I hate the word copying because it's not copying. It's like modeling, I guess, is a more appropriate word for this is modeling, improving. And then what happens is in the improving process, you end up actually coming out with something unique in the long run because you're if you're modeling something, if you're taking something for an example, and then you're making it better, you are actually coming out with a better product, right? It was kind of how there was like PC computers and then Apple came along and said, huh, let's make a MacBook, right? It was kind of modeling. It was kind of copying, quote unquote, taking it for an example, but they improved upon it. They made it better. And look how much they're crushing it. You know, they basically took the PC, the personal computer, and turned it into this smart thing that basically everyone wants. It's just a better system, right? So this is going to be a huge, huge focus. And again, this probably is not going to be accomplished by sitting in your office or sitting on your couch. This is we're, we're probably going to have to get out and about to accomplish this. We're going to have to be going to trade shows. We're going to have to be going to conventions. We're going to have to be networking, talking to people, asking questions, probably do some spying. Maybe we need to do some spying. You know, what's running on Facebook? What do we see working? We're going to have to keep our ear out. And we're probably going to have to be pretty proactive to meet that that goal. Again, we can't be just sitting around at home and expecting to somehow understand everything that's going on in the industry. Um, so another thing that I want to focus on in 2024 is I want to land some good agency clients. I feel like we're finally at the point in our business where a very large company will finally take us seriously. I think it was very hard when we were a smaller company, less employees, smaller size, more mom and pop. I think it was very, very difficult to approach like a big brand or a big company and actually have them take us seriously for the um, for agency kind of work. So what I want to do... Um, or at least give a solid attempt to in 2024 is see if we can reach out to some brands to handle their advertising. And I'm talking about high level brands. I mean, there's no reason why we can't do very high level, big volume, big scale um, agency work, even if it's a smaller margin, even if we're handling someone's ad campaigns and we're only making 10% or 12%, but it's a steady thing. What I would be interested in is in landing some big brands. Like maybe there's some brands that are just spending like millions and millions a month on TV, radio, billboards, this kind of traditional advertising. We're able to bring their brand online. And I think that our company would be able to do this because we have a good story, we have a strong track record about 12 years in the industry, 
the revenues are big, the team is strong, I think that we would be able to make a very confident um, pitch. So that's something that I'm interested in, um, is getting those kind of agency clients, but but not small ones. I, I want to see if we can land some seriously large fish for the agency stuff, like big, big, big nationwide, even world worldwide brands that would contract us in as the agency of record for handling their online advertising. And um, so that's a whole, it's something I'm excited about. I'm excited about the concept of pulling it off. We need to see how it can ultimately be pulled off, but it's a exciting, exciting idea and an exciting thing if it were to work out. So um, another thing I'm going to focus on in 2024 is faster pay terms. I've been very frustrated with uh, slow pay terms because the slow pay terms have just increased risk. I mean, the, the biggest risk to an affiliate marketer is just not getting paid. Like they, they're working with a client and if the client just goes out of business or just manages their money irresponsibly and uh, and doesn't pay, then the affiliate could be out of the money. So we've been generally pretty good at faster pay terms, but it's something that I'm going to start being more on top of. And I think we're just going to tell clients like, listen, if you're going to pay slow and another client is going to pay fast, we're just probably going to be doing more volume with the ones that are willing to pay faster rather than slower, depending on the circumstance. So basically pay fast or, you know, miss out kind of thing. So faster pay terms is going to be a big uh, a focus. I think another focus is we're going to analyze how the companies paid in 2023. Any companies that were routinely late paying in 2023, we might need to be more cautious with in 2024. It's like there's really no excuse for late um, payments, especially if someone is on a long pay term. Like sometimes we've had clients that are supposed to be on a monthly pay term and then they've paid so late that it's like every two months or something. I mean, that's just really, really, really unacceptable. If the if the company is saying that we have to wait 30 days in the first place, we shouldn't have to wait another 15 or 20 days on top of the 30 to collect a late payment. So just observing, going down the list, figuring out who was late in 2023 and I'm not I'm not talking about just one time late like who was constantly late and we might have to limit traffic to ones that have been habitually late just for safety really um safety and maybe lack of stress possibly I mean sometimes it's been very stressful too when it's just maybe not not worth it it's like you it's like why have one company be you know always late when you can just get a lot more companies to pay on time. That could probably just add up to the one company's um, volume anyway. So another thing we want to focus on as well for 2023 is getting more clients across the board so we're not as dependent on single clients. I remember this year there were periods of time where we had certain clients doing like 100 grand a day, 200 grand a day, individual clients and for us that's been a little bit outside of our comfort zone I mean we've always been preaching the concept of the diversity and don't have any more than five percent of your volume on a single client I mean just to be safe like what if the client went out of business and didn't pay or something right but um, there was a few instances this year where like I said there was individual clients that wanted six figures or more um, 
per day multiple six figures of daily volume per client. And I feel like that's just, I mean, we pulled it off and everyone paid and stuff, but it was definitely like way, 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 way out there on the risk um, spectrum, just in terms of what we would like to be doing with like building a portfolio of clients, not being too dependent um, on a single client and just just be more balanced and stuff. Like I said in previous podcasts, I really think you should only have about 5% of your traffic with a single um, client. I mean, it's just very, very risky if you I've heard, here's the thing, I've heard the, the horror type of story over and over again, where someone was doing like 80% of their volume with a client, and the client didn't pay, and it's, it happened to um, one of our buddies in the industry, he was running some offer with a um, direct advertiser, and some of, you know, you need to not be cocky in the industry, too. This guy was being so cocky, too. Like, oh, yeah, like, I'm running this thing direct. I'm running this thing direct. Like, I'm on top of the world. I have this thing direct. Well, guess what? 11 months later, he got stiffed by the direct thing. Like, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And, like, he's been having to, like, rebuild a business practically from scratch. And it's just, it's just very foolish. I mean, what he should have been doing was he should have been saying, okay, fine, this direct thing is doing decent, but he should have been focusing on making sure that that direct thing was only 5%. or So that that's going to be something that we are going to focus on because, again, we kind of broke our own rules in a sense this year in 2023 where we definitely took some, you know, scale on some particular clients that went pretty big and it extended them way past the 5% um rule so it's going to be something that's going to be focused on big time it's just getting new more clients more diversified more um spread out because it's we've been in the industry long enough where anything can happen you can have a company that's paying you perfectly for three years and then suddenly they run into cash flow issues and they not able to pay the bill and then what's going to happen is you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not seven figures, or multiple seven figures, if you're not doing things properly. Um, Another thing I want to do in 2024 is I want to train our existing team more. So I feel like we have a few people just in general on our team, whether it's media buyers, whether it's uh, salespeople, whether it's client customer service people. I feel like we have a few people on our team that could just use more training. Like they, we, they need to be at higher level of expertise, sales skills, volume, whatever. And we've just been too busy to really do the training. So that's going to be a big focus in 2024 is just getting, we could literally take like two to four, two to five existing folks on our team. I mentioned earlier, we have a team of about 25 people. If we cherry pick about four to five people that we really want to train, build up, we can build them up, take them to a higher level. And then I'm sure that will boost things tremendously because they could be just more productive. Again, whether it's media buyer, customer service, just having someone do better is going to help the company as a whole. So training existing team more. Another thing I want to do is I want to review the expenses and make sure it's all justifiable. If we have 25 employees and like $200,000 per month of salaries and overhead, I mean, 
is that does that make sense? Is that the best thing to do? Should we be slimming up somewhere? Should we be kind of cutting back a little bit? Should we be maybe getting rid of a person or two? I hate to say it, but you always have to be thinking like what is the best thing for the business because if the business succeeds, everyone can succeed, but if the business is hurting, it could also hurt everyone possibly as well. So we need to be looking at the expenses, making sure it's justifiable, it makes sense. You know, are the salaries in line or are they a little bit high? You know, sh should we be focusing more on commission? Maybe we have too many people that are getting big, fat, like base salaries when in fact it should just be more of a performance-based um, model where maybe the base pays are a little slimmer and the performance is more the goal or something. But it's something that we're going to at least be observing and maybe we find out that everything is in line. Like, no, those are the salaries we have and that's the expenses we have and, you know, it, it just is what it is. But we just want to do a review of that and make sure as we're, we're making the absolute best decisions. Another thing I want to do in 2024 is I am interested in getting more salespeople, but I want to brainstorm how to do it in a way where people are not jump, you know, um, kind of messing with each other's sales. It's been very, very challenging to have multiple salespeople in our industry because sometimes our industry has been a little small. And there's been many, many instances where if you have like two salespeople or three salespeople, they could be accidentally trying to land like the same client, you know, at the same time. And we've tried many things like we've tried to make lists like, OK, salesperson number one is going after these clients. Salesperson number two is going after these clients. But it's sometimes it's been very hard to make sure that it's being done perfectly. So something I want to brainstorm in 2024 is how do we have a larger sales team without the stepping on each other's toes type of thing. If I'm able to figure out how to have like five to 10 salespeople or more without them actually interfering with each other, however that looks like, that could be very, very powerful for our industry because it's something that I have not really seen other companies be able to pull off. So if we're able to do that, and we're able to innovate in that area, I think that could be very, very interesting. Another thing I want to figure out in 2024 is I want to get some more people that are going to refer business to the company. We have some great partnerships where if someone refers a client, let's say you have a really good client and you send that client our way, we can pay you like a dollar a lead, a couple bucks a lead, it sounds small, but it adds up at volume. There was a guy two years ago, we're two years into this referral, a guy introduced a client. And that client has been doing thousands of leads per day. And we have to pay the guy like two bucks a lead or something. It's, it's literally like a $2,000 a day referral that this guy, and he's been making money on this client for years. So that's something that I am going to focus more on is how could I get more people just referring business our way for compensation? Because um, that's very lucrative. And that's also, it's just, I've seen it work time after time. Um, again, so big focus there. Another thing 
we're going to focus on is perhaps some additional traffic sources. Um, I've seen some people talking about this kind of connected TV stuff. I don't know if it's a huge thing yet or what it is, but could be interesting. Uh, connected is like running ads on Hulu, um, different kind of TV. It's it's like TV on the... Um, it's hard to even describe because it's new, but it's it's not conventional TV. It's 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 like Wi-Fi. It's like watching Netflix, Hulu, that kind of stuff on your TV screen on a smart TV. But there are ads within it. It it might be like one of the new hottest ad, ad platforms, and I really want to take a look at it to see what it's all about and see if we want to take that seriously. So maybe taking a look at connected TV. Um, maybe we could be doing more. Traffic sources that are digital, like native ads, TikTok, um, perhaps some Twitter ads, Snapchat even. I mean, these things have been around forever, but just anything that's above and beyond Facebook and Google, which have been two giant platforms. Um, I also want to be doing some spying on TV ads. What I've noticed is some of the biggest brands and some of the biggest spenders of advertising, they're, they're advertising on TV radio and billboards and what I'm thinking is maybe what I can do is I can spy on these companies I can figure out what companies are running ads on TV and what ads are running on billboards and I feel like that could give me some ideas into verticals right so for example whenever you're driving down the highway you always see these billboards injured call you know, car, get Carter or something, right? Like when I when I was driving to New York or Connecticut, is get Carter, get Carter, get Carter. Is the this Carter law firm, right? And it's like, man, if these billboard people are just spending so much money on the personal injury, MVA and stuff like that, it, it's it's got to be something that could work for social and the internet and stuff like that. You just need to find the right clients, the right setup. The right infrastructure but it's examples like that figuring out what verticals what's really hot on um, billboards TV even direct mailing and see if that stuff can be brought over in a big way into digital whether it's through performance um, marketing or agency style so I'm sure we're gonna have a lot more goals for 2024 but when I sat down and really figured out you know what are my what are the goals that are at least the most pressing that are at the top of my mind? These are the ones that stood out to me. And these are the ones we're going to be pursuing um, starting January. And I'm sure we'll add to the list as well. So guys, I hope this was helpful. I know it's kind of a little bit of a peek and insight into our business. But if you found this helpful, go ahead and leave us a good comment, share, and like this podcast. And then what we're going to do is I'm going to take off. Uh, and the company for a whole is mostly um, taking it kind of easy the next week and a half because we have um, Christmas, we have New Year's, and then we're going to be back early January to hit it very hard in the new year, okay? Our goal next year is to beat um, the year before. I mean, we've been a growing business, and every year we've always beat the year prior, and we really want that trend to um, continue. Literally every single year for the last 12 years, Every single year has been larger than the year before.
and I get it. At the, sometimes the numbers can get so big that it could be more challenging. I mean, full disclosure, I think that this year might finalize about $90 million of revenue or something, top line revenue. And it's, it's, we need to think it's more of a challenge now. Maybe it's like, okay, like, what are we going to do to make 150 million and then 175 million and then 200 million and 300 million? It's like, you can't just keep doing the same things and expect different results, <laughs> right? Um, you got to do something different, something new, something bigger, something outside of the box, perhaps. And I think it's fun, but it's, it's, it's definitely a challenge. It's a challenge to be constantly growing, constantly doing more, constantly beating the, the year before. And it's, it's really a mental challenge. It's a intellectual challenge. And I feel like the goals that I laid out could help us to get there. But there's probably going to be a lot of goals that are going to be needed to add to that list, you know, as well to get to those numbers and beyond. So I hope that this podcast, again, gave some kind of insight into how we think, how we do things. Hopefully it brings what you're doing to a higher level. And guys, go ahead and like and share this. Again, we're going to be, I'm going to be taking off next week. I'll be back in the new year and we'll talk in a bit. All right, this is Peter and talk soon.